Hey everybody, today's episode is uh, of the Under the Cloud podcast is a little different. Uh, today we were able to bring in three other people, so there's a total of four, and uh, I was really nervous about it, especially with the uh, animation and uh, and um, what's the, the the persistence to get their point across that all or that three of us have. Not all of us, but that. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't know how it was going to work, but man, it. Uh, we had to split this one up into two episodes, and and uh, I'm really excited about it. So today we have uh, three guys that that mean the world to me, and I love with all my heart. And so we have a, a good time. And uh, so we're gonna have one episode to this week, and we're gonna put the second half on the next week. Uh, but we sit and record them both at the same time. So uh, hopefully it all works out really good for us. And I'm really excited. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you see the the title we're talking today about speaking in tongues and what does that mean in the church so um i'm like again i'm extraordinarily excited about this i'm looking forward to this uh so without any further ado ado without any further ado enjoy the episode you're listening to the under the cloud podcast Okay, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for learning. We thank you for loving us and and having times that we can come together and just talk about you and uh, to edify the the church. Lord, to help us to be in this mindset today, help this conversation to be with your focus in mind, with your love in mind, so that we can edify the kingdom, Lord, so that we can bring people to you, so we can help others in a way that they need it. Lord, I'm so encouraged and so excited about this. And uh, thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's episode is different. I have four people in here counting myself. And I'm really, I've been really excited. I've been wanting to do this. I have the equipment for four people, but I've been really reluctant because you have to have something really good to talk about. And so today we do have something really good to talk about. I'm sure you already saw it in the line or in the header for the uh, episode, but <clears throat> So I was, it was pointed out to me earlier, and I have to go ahead and address it. <laughs> Curtis is here with other people. I said <laughs> that he couldn't be up here with other people because, and you'll find out why. And and so, uh, but I also want to say that I tried to bring Curtis into the studio a few weeks ago and do a, a just me and him, and the audio quality was horrible. It I had to. to completely delete the whole thing i was so upset because it was such a good testimony and it was such a good time uh, so today i have uh tim parko who was on the last episode with us what's going on and tim stevens who's the associate pastor of our church also a really good friend of mine and he was on an episode way back yeah now. Almost, almost two years ago now yeah man it's been that, that was a good yeah. testimony yeah Thank it was you. a great testimony and that was the first one that was in my living room that was the or no dining room. That was the first one I didn't have a script or anything planned. He just said, "Let's just go off the cuff," and I'm like, "I have no idea what we're talking about." And I didn't even know if he wanted to go to testimony. I didn't find out until he started talking. I was like, "Okay, cool." I, I wasn't sure about that till I started talking either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Bible says to be led by the Spirit, and we're yeah, all about it. So, yeah. and then finally, we got Curtis Hoffpower. And like I said, I had to have him by my, by himself, but <laughs> he he today. He made me eat my words on that one, so I just figured I had to bring it up real quick. So all these guys I have known for a minimum of two years, uh, maybe three, ten years. We've been working with these guys, each other, go to church together, hang out together. Tim, uh, we've only known you for two years? Uh, it's been a little bit longer than that, about two and a half. Oh, okay. I started going to CWC as soon as I... I guess so. About, probably about three months after getting a derider, but we didn't really start inserting ourselves, like, being more active with the church and probably until about six months into it. So really like two and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't really talk about the church because this isn't our church's podcast. This is mine. And I don't want to, I don't want the, the views and the, 
beliefs of this to impact the, our church. That's not, that's, you know, like when you sit, hear them say, the views don't necessarily reflect that of, of the radio station or whatever in commentary. But this, the views in, that you hear on this podcast is not because of Crossway Church where we go, but or where I go. And um, yeah, we'll. we'll I'll it's a theological out. melting pot, though. So yeah, really, it it's it, all it, over the place. And so, what's awesome <laughs> about it is that it is a church. When we first started going there, there's former Catholics, there's former Pentecostals, there's Methodists, there's Baptists, there's there's people who were raised in strictly like a charismatic, crazy, awesome stuff. And so it's so diverse in the worship styles. And then we get into that kind of doctrinal things that can be a little different from time to time. And and so that's what we're talking about today. Um, we're talking about the the gift, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12. I want to flip to it. I want to, I, br- I brought my Bible. So, of course, this is my house, so I better, huh? Um it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about the gift of tongues. In verse 10, it says, To another, uh, the effect, affecting of miracles, and the other the prophecy, and to another, distinguishing of spirits, and to another, various kinds of tongues, and to the other, interpretation of tongues. And so we decided to have this conversation because we were having this conversation in the parking lot at church, after church, which we are notorious for staying like what? What we left at ten on uh, Wednesday night, right after church, about ten. Yeah, about He's 10. like, "It's ten, we got to go." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, but I could keep going, you know, like because that fellowship." We have stayed as late as twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Just talking, just mm-hmm. and so I'm like, man, why are we wasting? Well, this is good content. Let's get it out there for the for the for you know to edify the church and each other listening. So I haven't let Curtis start talking yet. I'm sorry. So, so what I did is uh, we we kind of hammered it out a time and left Curtis out on the time. Sorry, and he thought we was doing it last night, and I forgot to tell him we switched it. And uh, but it was awesome. So right before we got here, we went and had prayer at a new Kingdom Center in our town. So we're all prayed up really good right now, and so we're all in a good place, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we want to do is talk about the gift of tongues. And everything that goes with that controversy, uh, beliefs, and uh, we're not trying to convince you anything, but we're just having a conversation. And if I may, I believe all four of us probably have different views on this. Yeah, uh, somewhat. When it comes. I don't think not one person here agrees exactly the same way on this. I don't. I, I agree. I think that's the case. Yeah, probably. Because there's. Different- I'm not 100 percent sure about you two, but but yeah, yeah. I doubt y'all's views is 100 percent yeah i mean i've always said if if you go verse by verse in the scripture you're going to get to the end of uh, verse or genesis 1 1 and then immediately you're gonna have people going to disagree because you got those (laughs) you got those in gap theory and you have those who don't believe in gap theory and so immediately you're going to have like a division so i'm sure there's going to be things that are a little different but but at the end of the day we can all agree this is a non- salvation issue do we want to push that out there now so that i'm way going we to get can... to that okay <laughs> yeah i'm going to get to that that is what i don't want is... is people to run away from this I, but all right okay so then if that's the case i personally again this is me do not see scripture that backs that however i will bring up why <laughs> some churches do believe that and that is that you is do have more of a background in that and i think Curtis i don't i don't well. believe i've never been taught that to be fact but i i am in a place where that I don't know if I've ever heard it said, but it was pushed. Mm-hmm. I don't For think sure, it was yeah. ever said from the pulpit that you had to, but it was understood you had to. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever heard a man say that. Oh, like, I'm I, not you telling know, you to, yeah, but you're going yeah, to. Yeah. But <laughs> I, again, you need this. You need this. As we get into it, we'll get into that. So. Um, so the introduction of this uh, uh, for the intro for section one. Um, we're going to see how long this takes. So um, tongues is, in a layman's way of explaining it, is the way, if someone ever asked me how to explain it, and then you guys can expound on it. For me, it is, we. I believe we have our, our body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And I believe that tongues is when the spirit is speaking to either God or or to help us or just praying or the, it's the spirit doing most of the speaking. 
but it's just using our human tongue and, and vocal cords and doing so. And now the reasoning behind that is we'll get into later what, what it is, uh, why and when and all that kind of stuff and, and the rules that follow and all that. But realistically, if you're, if you're never heard of speaking in tongues, what we're talking about is a spiritual moment when your when your flesh has to let go and let the spirit do the talking for you, but it's going to use your vocal cords. Is this, is, am I making, does that sound right? I, what do you got? What do you got, Curse? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll do this brief, but. I don't know. That's a very. The source is different. The source of the sound is completely different. So you believe it's something, oh, rather, your, not it's your not, spirit praying, like, but the Holy like Spirit I praying for you? No, that, I override that to speak English when it's coming. When, like, if I'm right. praying English to where you understand me, it's it's coming from a different source. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's a different source. Yeah, I mean, it's not to me, your conscious. Tongues start here. Yeah, my voice is more throat. Like, See, where here, here, yeah. He's pointing to his chest. You know, <laughs> your chest. You know, like your your diaphragm and lungs together help propel tongues. Right. Which they do to a certain point with voice too, but your vocal cords have more to do with that. Well, but they yeah, billow yeah. up. They billow yeah. up inside of you and come out where your voice is just at a certain level and protrudes out. Right. What about you, Pastor Tim? No, that sounds that sounds about accurate with the with the source there. Um, yeah. But whether I, I, I can't think of a better way to explain whether that. it's your spirit talking or the Holy Spirit talking through you is a, is is I don't think it's debatable because I think it's both. I think in different situations it's both. And but why would the Holy Spirit speak to you talking to the Father? I don't I mean, know. We, but Paul we, even explains down in First Corinthians fourteen. He talks about how uh, when you when when your spirit. He says your spirit specifically yes. your spirit. And I know one of the uh, one of the controversies in and this this comes back to English translation. First Corinthians four, chapter two talks about uh, in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Now that's debatable because the word there is no his there there is no the there that's an added word like at least in the nasb 95 they add in his other translations will capitalize that s which is often signifying of the holy spirit so i know i understand there is a debate there whether yeah. it's in the holy spirit you're praying or in your spirit you're praying i've, I've always been of the belief more so it would be your spirit but it's both praying. And, 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 let me and it's it's through the power of the and, holy spirit right and because it says right here to another verse 9 and chapter 12 it says to another faith is by the same spirit capital s so i don't really know yeah but, but that, a, that's a translator a, thing a, that we have to a, trust but it's them. enough evidence for me to trust it and the reason that it's easy for me to trust it is because i've experienced it and and i was about to say going from both views i've experienced both views i've spoken in tongues and i've been in a service before this was so cool it was um i can't think of the conference name right now but it was a smaller church that has a conference and it was a bunch of godly 50 year plus in the ministry type of setting everybody was and the guy was preaching and he spoke in tongues, and the whole church, thump, quiet, quiet. And it might have been I don't know how long it was quiet. It could have been two minutes or thirty minutes. I have no idea. But the whole thing was quiet. Nobody said a word. It's called a holy hush. And from the back, because I didn't look up. I know you're talking about. That. I didn't look up to look around me, but I heard some guys start talking in the back, and God said through that. Boom, 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 boom. And I, I was like... So somebody gave a message in tongues? Yeah, and then there was followed by an interpretation. And oh, I'm yeah. like, that, that was the first time I experienced yeah. that. But the whole church was just... Praying. Yeah. Nobody said a thing. Nobody said nothing. You could have heard a pin drop. It was so quiet. So I got a point about that Until somebody too. spoke up in the back. But, you know, we don't, we don't point it out. But at the last Thursday night prayer we did, the yeah, same oh yeah. thing happened. Right. Because, I mean, I was progressively was walking around the sanctuary, and it got to the point where somebody started praying, and I stopped. And I went to take right. a step, and it was like, nope. Not time <laughs> to move yet. Time and reverence. it wasn't until after I prayed, and then somebody else prayed. I think it was three or four people in a row prayed. 
And then after that, but it was dead silence. Like everybody's praying, all of a sudden it just, doof. and then like it, after the people that prayed prayed, people started praying again. But there was just a hush. It yeah. was that same kind of hush. It was just in a smaller group. It wasn't in the full church. It was in Thursday night prayer right, group. Right. Yeah. You know, but it was the same thing. You knew if you stepped out, you were out. Like it just, there was a reason to stay where we were all at at that moment. And everybody just stayed in that spot, you know, and then once you just felt like just whatever it was, it, re, it relaxed a little bit and then, you right. know, people started praying again. It's kind of the same. You just feel, you feel something more than you normally feel like a, just a heaviness of the presence right? to where you're like, what you fixing to do, God, you know, you're just waiting, you're anticipating. It's and so, I mean, it's, man, this, it's so cool in those moments too. I, the seat squeaks to that. Yeah, it does squeak. Don't it? <laughs> but in those moments of like, I want to acknowledge that. <laughs> well, since we're on an odd topic, I'm scared to breathe. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm going all around. Uh, I'm not breathing too heavy in the bike, Evan. No. Okay. <laughs> I've been scared about that since you hit record. Didn't care less until you hit record. <laughs> but um, the moments where it's like that that holy hush or what have you, um. Being a part of that, it's like God, and you want to do, you want to walk. At least I do, because usually I'm walking and stuff like that while I'm praying. And it's like God's like, no, nah, you better yeah. not. You better just chill out right there. Yes, sir. I'm just gonna chill out right here. I'm not gonna move. So, um, to wrap up the introduction side of it, I, I want to. Still you didn't want the cessation view of that? That's step two. How far are we into this? 45 minutes no, already? 15, <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up the introduction. Yeah, the intro. That's uh, okay. Well, it said brief, too, so, so that's what happens when you have Curtis here. You know, like, uh, yeah, so, Curtis is a talker. So, Acts, okay, so let me, let me back up to say that there's, in 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine spiritual gifts. One of them is the gift of tongues. Some of them are the gift of healing. Some of them are the gift of miracles. Some of them are, are interpretation of tongues. Discernment. There's so many. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. Tongues is only one of them. However, for some reason, growing up the way I did in a half Baptist, half Church of God, or half Pentecostal mentality because of the divorce, uh, I was around both, and I heard it was so... No, nobody would have said anything if someone would have walked up to them and laid hands on somebody who was in a wheelchair and them and stand up when everybody saw it. Everybody would be glorifying God and lifting him up saying, look what God done. And it's the same spirit it's, that does tongues, that does interpretation of the tongues. It's that same spirit. So from my perspective, that's what this is all about. But why? Why do why are those gifts even in scripture to begin with? And it's right here. Acts 1 8. But Jesus says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and even to the most remote part of the earth. The reason for the gifts of the Spirit is because a witnessing tool. It is a way to bring people to Christ and or it's a way to edify the church that's already existed. So it's one of those two reasons. And it's a complex conversation because it's something that started in the book of Acts. It started in the four, 50 days after the uh, resurrection of Christ. And then it went for a while and then it kind of fell off and it stopped and it appeared to stop. Right. And then I'm, I'm bringing I'm bringing it into it, okay? Oh, no, uh, I'm just smiling because yeah, I had yeah. something on that. Yeah. No. And so it, it it fell off, and then it sort of kind of popped back up in in different times. You'll if you read through church history, you'll read that little things kind of popped up, but not like the full blown Pentecost thing. Pentecost, as we know it today, really started in either Azusa Street um, with. In California, I was trying to think, or Camp Creek in the mountains of Smoky Mountains, where the Church of God started out of in the 1800s. So it was all in the 1800s. And I, my entire life, growing up in Church of God, heard that it was referred to as the second day of Pentecost. So it was like the Lord has, has dropped it again 
on us in a new way, not a new way, same way, but again, like a rebirth of this, of these gifts, a rebirth of this. But if you go back before, you're going to see, you know, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth. There's a lot of people out there who are doing the miracle side of it and doing all these kinds of things prior to that. So it's not as if it totally went away and it totally came back. So, but when it was gone forever appearing and all of a sudden there it is, we run into people who believe that it's no longer for today. And so what I want to do is take a few minutes and and you spent time in the Baptist church. I spent time in the Baptist church. Tim Perko has um, a background that, that is understanding of, of why people don't believe it's for today. And so I want to address that part first, because if it's not for today, we can just stop the podcast. (laughs) Right. Uh, But let's, let's, let's talk about that. So, why do not that you believe it or not that any of us believe it? I'm going to turn to you, Tim. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Tim but why? Perko. Why do? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just call me Perko for the yeah. podcast purposes. Yeah, yeah. so Stevens uh, is too hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to say it with an F is easier. But uh, so if uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, why is it that some people do not believe that, that any of the gifts of the Spirit, let alone tongues, are for today? All right, well, I'll give you the classic dispensational or cessationist viewpoint. I'm not saying I'm totally on that side of the camp, but I want to give it to you pretty hey, much. Hey, will you do me a favor? Yes, I'm sorry sir. to interrupt you, no, but when you say like dispensational, yes. and please explain, explain words. those oh, okay. things. All right, so dispensational theology I told you that before, is a. Don't I'm you sorry. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just, just used to. So dispensational theology is just another way of saying how God operates differently throughout different times. You know, He operated differently in the time of Abraham to to the time of Jews with the kings to the Church Age to what most dispensationalists will see operated differently in the book of Acts than he did after the book of Acts, so right. forth and so on. That's what a dispensational view is, that God operates differently in different time periods. Nevertheless, the same God, Jesus yes. Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. They won't deny that. However, the people who believe against this will use the scripture. He just said that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that He's that his personality hasn't changed. The way he handles things has changed. It's just we're seeing things differently because he's done things in a different way. He's still God. He's still the same character. He's still the same personality. It's still God, but he does things just a little different now. It's all in his purpose and timing. There's a season for everything. Maybe it's just that we're seeing it different. That's the, and that's where the big debate is, but that, that goes anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, so, so most cessationists believe that all spiritual gifts were, around for the building of the church. You see that heavily in the book of Acts. Uh, You see how Paul was healing people with his shadow, you know, prayer handkerchiefs. Uh, His handkerchief was healing people. You see these miraculous signs and wonders and miracles, and it was all for the building up of the church. Uh, I believe it's... uh, believe it's in the book of Philippians, or no, it's actually Ephesians. Ephesians talks about how uh, I believe Ephesians two twenty that the church, the foundation of the church, was built on the apostles and the prophets, uh, and that we are the rest of the body. The apostles and prophets being that foundation, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Right. The foundation was laid. You don't keep building a foundation when the house is already being built. In other words, that's what a, what a a typical cessationist would go to. Hopefully, I'm defending it correctly, uh, but. That's what most sensations believe. Those signs and wonders gifts, which include the gift of tongues, were for the building up of the church, for the evangelizing, spreading the gospel, establishing the gospel, proving that these that the story of Jesus Christ was real, uh, and then enabling them to believe. And then once that got established, what they would believe is that would tend to fall off. Now, I'll, I'll give you a viewpoint that I see real quickly, uh, something that you see. So this is in, a lot of inference. All right, I'm gonna. I, I could straight up admit that there's a lot of inference in and this. And inference is when you. <laughs> oh, I want to do this. I, I, I really want to hit this word because this is a word I know is about to start coming up all the time on this podcast. Inference is when you take ten things that didn't happen that could have happened, and you say that's 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 the way we're supposed to do it because it could have happened but it didn't happen. Yeah. And a great example of that is with Jehovah's Witnesses when they don't celebrate birthdays because. The only two times they celebrated birthdays in Scripture, somebody died. John the Baptist died, and I don't remember the other one. And so that's why they don't celebrate birthdays. 
because of the inference of what would happen in that. That's just an example. And if you're listening to Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm sorry if I got that totally wrong. But that's the the premise. It, of it's pretty much there. taking something that's inside the Bible that's not said directly, but then trying to apply some type of Temporal. sense to it. In like, other words, uh, like two and two is in the Bible, so you get four out of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that's kind okay. of along the way that I would fact. take it. Yeah, but preaching is preaching. You have to be careful, even when I preach. Like I am very careful to never. I I will mention an inference, but I will not say this is in the Bible. You know. So example, here's an inference. Here here's some of one of the more, I guess, commonly believed things with cessationists on why that stopped. So we see pretty much the last sign and wonder miracle uh, around Acts twenty eight eight. That was where Paul was on the island of Malta. Remember. And he got bit by that snake, shook it off. And it was then, a poisonous viper. Poisonous <laughs> viper, yes. And then the villagers were like, oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, it was amazing. Must be a God. No, at first, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't no, you're good. You're good. Story. But the sto- he, I love that story so much. Him. Yeah, God must be punishing him. And then when he survived, they're like, he must be a God. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I love that story so yeah. much. Oh, uh, no, it's an amazing story. But that, that happened around A.D. 58, most scholars believe. Uh, and you see the last miracle done was... Uh, the village chief, I believe it was, he was sick. Paul laid hands on him, healed him. Uh, so fast forward now, go over to uh, AD 66, 67, right before Apostle Paul died. You got his, and I am really bad with Greek names, uh, but uh, Troph- Tr- Trophimus, I believe. He's only mentioned like one or two times in the Bible. You got him and you got Epaphroditus, uh, two different people in two different cases. One in First Timothy or Second Timothy four twenty, another in Philippians two twenty seven. Both were written after that event. Essentially, what you see is Trophimus. This dude was so sick that the apostle Paul uh, had to leave him and couldn't continue on his, or couldn't let him continue the journey on. The question is, why didn't Paul heal him? Same thing with uh, Epaphroditus in Philippians two twenty seven. He couldn't move. Paul couldn't. Uh, couldn't send him out to another church because he was sick. Why didn't Paul heal him? Yeah. Why didn't Paul heal Timothy when he said, drink a little wine for your stomach, things like that. So what most cessationists believe is that we see the gifts declining, meaning the church is being set up. And as the church is continuing to set up the signs and wonders, gifts such as tongues, healings, those types of things, uh, Go necessary. on the decline. Yeah, You're not as necessary because we the, have the it, gospel you, is being established. Well, you said one time uh, to me, um, in all of our many many hours of conversation, that <laughs> the reason that you didn't believe in it was because the word was already established, and we don't need prophecy. Was the one that we don't need to be able to prophesy because the word's already established, and we don't need it. That that I mean, yeah, and it whether, goes back to what I believe what about the not, yeah, the foundation was built on the apostles and the right. prophets. So, like those specific yeah. offices, I do not believe still exist. Yeah. So the fivefold ministry, for example, to you is three. Yes. Okay. And that and that's not just you. Okay. So let's. I want to be I want to be fair here, <laughs> because we got to be fair. Is that the three of us here, Tim, Pastor Tim, uh, Curtis, and I have all spoke with tongues before, but Tim has not. And, and I wanted to not, I didn't want to bring in here three guys who have, I wanted someone from an outside perspective who also understood. And, and, and so that's why, that's why, you know, mm-hmm. you know I told you that. So I brought you in here, but, uh, I describe I w- myself as an open, but cautious cessationist. Like yes. I'm not close. Like I do believe God still works in miracles. I right. still believe God can bring healing. I still, but I believe right. mainly it's, it's for the establishment of the gospel. So Really, I would see that stuff more likely rather than in the Western United States where everybody has access to a Bible. I would see it if you were a missionary going to a third world country, some tribe down in South America, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden a miraculous gift of speaking in that native language happens. You know, I'm, I'm full on board with that. I believe yeah. that can happen. Yeah. So that's why I say open but cautious. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. and uh, Was it mine? He, he had, no, you haven't played <laughs> I, I, I'm no, caught up on yours. Yeah. yeah I, I'm caught up on yours, Jonathan. So it was somebody else's, but he said that he was in the foreign country and he prayed that God would give him the gift of tongues so that he could speak to them. Cause he just wasn't, yeah. he wasn't with their language. And he said, you know, God answered his prayer, but not the way he wanted. He sent an English to that language interpreter about the time he ended his prayer. So yeah. God still provided for yeah, the, the, answer. The, the answer, but it wasn't for him to speak in those tongues. 
yeah. to speak to those people is indirectly to speak through the interpreter to the people right. to get yeah. the same message across. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, okay. I don't know of any situation because even, even in acts when they, they referenced tongues, it was after the fact that they heard the people speaking in tongues in their native language. It wasn't that those people, God knew those people would be there. So those languages were represented, but the people going in didn't know what they were going to do. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, just, it just know. happened to happen that way that the people there, because I'm sure God knew, but the people that were there that actually experienced it had no idea. They didn't know. They didn't yeah. know this stuff coming out of them was going to speak in their language. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, because they're just speaking. They're just speaking whatever's coming up. And. <laughs> And it's it's one of them things where you um, it's it's so horrible, but it's so true. I can't explain it. If you ain't done it, you can't explain it. It's, it's it's hard to do that. And but all you can think of is like is sometimes when you're praying, even if it's in English, and you don't know what to pray about, and all of a sudden you find yourself praying for somebody you used to work with five years ago, and you're praying for them and their family. And you're just so focused for that moment. You're praying for them, 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 and you move on. And then later you may not remember actually what you prayed for, but you remember that, hey, I prayed for that guy. I have seen him in years. That's so weird because it was just you were led into that prayer with that. And to me, that's the only way I can come close to explaining that. It's just that you're led into something that you don't even know what you're saying, which is weird. And what's even crazier is that, not only do you not know what you're saying, but your conscience can go, what am I saying? You know, as it's going. And so when the, the and, hardest and, thing, Oh, sorry. Yeah, ahead, well, I was going to say the hardest thing I think, and this is me looking objectively at what I believe. The hardest thing I think when you break it down to go to explain is where you go to first Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul really starts breaking, uh, it, down. breaking it down, you know, cause he's correct. Essentially what he's doing there is he's correcting the church in Corinth for improper use. Uh, I mean, I think we can all agree on that for the most part. Like, Hey guys, you've been doing this. You've been abusing the spiritual gift, but as he's going through, he's explaining, and I'm not going to lie. I have a hard time understanding whether or not he is talking about real world language. And then it seems like he jumps to more of so of a private prayer language. And then yeah. all of a sudden jumps to what could be interpreted as a maybe prophetic type language. And it's hard for me because he, he talks about it differently in like three different ways. At least that's the way I see it when I read through it. And I'm trying to read objectively. Um, and I think that's what we all need to do in our Bible, by the way. We need yeah, to read yeah, yeah. objectively. We It's so easy for us to get our preconceived notions in there. Uh, like right. I have a MacArthur study Bible. I love Johnny Mac, great teacher, but he is a hard no when it comes to the gift of tongues. And if you read through his study notes, it will make you, it will put a preposition in your head that this stuff is not real mm -hmm. or the exact opposite is true. If you get a Dake. study book from somebody Dake. else. Dake. Yeah, there you go. A Dake study Bible. There you go. Good stuff, but man, it'll push you. So the question for this section is, is it for today? So one of the verses that I've heard my whole life taught to prove it's for today. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Acts 2.39 said, not 38, but 39. For the promise is for you. Well, if you have to kind of go back, it talks about the beginning of it says, uh, or the, the previous verse says that, and Peter said to them, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for forgiveness of your sins. And then semicolon, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. And that right there is the verse for me that says this, not, not just in the experience, not just that I've been there, not just that I've seen it done. It's just that that is a verse, X 239, that talks about who, who are we to say what, just because it's not written down doesn't mean, well, okay, so just because it was not written down in Scripture doesn't mean it didn't happen. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus ever went to the bathroom, but we know he did. <laughs> so does that, But we have to be aware of that to not be so caught up in this idea that just because it's not there doesn't mean it's not right. Well, and I mean... And that goes with anything, not just this conversation. Growing up, the key Scripture was Acts 2.38. Yeah, that was always. Acts That's why I read it first. Acts yeah. Yeah. Acts we'll get into that in a few but, minutes, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but I was going to say, you know, if you go back um, in Mark, uh, Mark 16, it's where, you know, people went back and told them that Jesus was resurrected. 
Jesus had resurrected and the disciples like, nah, you know, just blew it off. And Jesus goes to them in verse 14. It says, afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. So it doesn't give a time frame. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Word. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's right, not yeah. even that. That's not even the Great Commission. You get Matthew twenty eight nineteen that spoke. You don't get the Mark version normally. That's go therefore yeah. make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They don't use Mark probably because not everybody believes everything Jesus says. Well, but you want to talk is, about it? This is prior. Want? This is prior to Acts. You know, this mm-hmm. is where the Acts, the Church of Acts, came from. Right. Yeah. You so, know, so if you look, if you look. Um, in those verses, uh, like in the NIV, they get left out. They say, and they're and everybody gets upset because the NIV left them out. Um, I, I want to hit this because I know somebody may be screaming at the radio. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know I probably would have been a few years ago. <laughs> but it's 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 it's, it's kind of still up for grabs. But uh, so the reason that some verses are left out is because some manuscripts didn't have those verses, and it literally could have been because it. That was on the last piece of paper and it didn't get written down, or 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 it could have, you know, like I, I preached the other night on blind Bartimaeus, right? Well, in one of the gospels it says there was two of them there, but in the one that in Luke it just said Bartimaeus, it didn't mention the other one. So which was it? Was there two? Was there one? Mm-hmm. One said that uh, before the clock crows, or you'll or before the clock crows twice, or whatever, and one other one just says once. Remember, just there's a little difference to it. So this is in that bracket. And that's why I use the NASB because it has the bracket, leaves the bracket, mm-hmm. lets you know that this is not there. This is exactly why some people will stop there. Don't use yeah. that. It's because it's inside of that bracket. Yeah, pretty much the oldest manuscripts that they believe found don't include Which that. And if you 300 years after And we can get into that for a while. But I, I do want to say, um, go watch this. There's a guy named Mike Wainer. He did an entire series on this, like a three-hour episode, and he's very charitable to both sides being very neutral, I'd say go watch that because essentially what what it comes to at the end of the day is most evidence points that this wasn't originally in there, but at the same time, this is all stuff that has been talked about in scripture. So what a lot of people think is maybe the, whoever was copying this down was putting like a more of a commentary type thing in there. Yes. Cause it lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the throughout. Yeah. Right. And there's other things. There's there's nothing really in there. That's not, talked about in somewhere scripture else. Yeah. somewhere else yeah by yeah. someone who's credible <laughs> yes oh, that blows my mind i'm sorry no that 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 blows my mind that um even going back to what we was talking about earlier with the i don't want to say it wrong cessationism yes yeah. about how it was for then but not for now so i don't where's the where's the line of Okay, this is in parentheses here, but like if it was for back then and it's not for today, where did it come from? Or if it didn't happen after Acts something, where where would stuff like this come from if it was a commentary that was put in there by somebody? Am I making sense of what well, I'm trying to say? Or, or we did the like, where's the line? Yeah. Is it a where's li- the line? Okay, because here, here's the thing. This is my big question. It goes with a lot of this stuff. If this isn't for today, then how do we know salvation's for today? Right? Because you're, you're getting into some uh, some tall grass there. It trying is to find some a, tall grass, uh, You know, yeah. trying to find a ball out there and can't find it. But uh, you, it's, it's very dangerous to get too deep into that because before you know it, you have no foundation because you're lost. But if this, like, we're we're stuck on this. But it can go with tongues too. We are but stuck like, on this. I'm sorry. No, no. If, if this, we can talk about textual criticism too later on in another episode because no, it is something that needs to be talked about. A lot of people. Yeah. It's important to prove why we believe these are the words of God, and I do believe that these are the words of God. At the end but of the day, if those are in there and they shouldn't be, 
It changes everything. Right? So mm-hmm. when Pastor Vic picks up his Bible and says, I believe everything in this, and if those aren't supposed to be there, then what else is not supposed to be there? What else? The bigger question is what else should be there? You know, because they almost left the book of James out because of the verse that says, uh, works without faith. For works dead. without faith is dead. A lot of people they almost left that. They <laughs> almost, but they, because of misinterpretation way back then, they almost left it out. So well, the because they were book going through James, the Reformation with, yeah. But the entire book of James, and as awesome as it is, almost got left out. So you, you, that that's why you even go back to, realistically, before we get, move on to the next part, that's why you go back to First John. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Yeah, we don't need a teacher anymore yeah. because well, we have the Holy Spirit to teach. It's it's good, but the Holy Spirit will, I truly believe, let you know what the truth is. You know, with like kind of, kind of, kind of going with the, you know, going back to First First Corinthians fourteen though. Right. You know, you know, throughout all the wait, wait, the cri- criticisms of the Corinthian church, you know, in the kind of in the middle of that, you know, you go bo- you go to let's see. I went back to the scripture instead of my notes. Um, you know, in 14, in 18, in verse 18, that's towards kind of the top middle, you know, of that, that, that chapter. In chapter 14, verse 18, it says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than any of you all. And this is the Apostle so Paul this talking. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And in the middle of what we've said, maybe criticism to the Corinthian church about how they use tongues, this is a man that speaks in tongues, correcting people for incorrectly speaking in tongues. Right. So therefore, the man that we're using to base this either way is a man that fully believes and uses yes. tongues. Absolutely. You know, so even in the criticisms of them, Paul's doing it because he and one uses tongues. Right. And he's saying, look, you're out of range with this. Not, mm-hmm. hey, you shouldn't be doing it. You so, know, kinda, yeah, yeah. No, kinda, nowhere you know, kinda, in scripture kinda, does it talk about yeah. forbidding, like, stop doing stop it, doing don't it doing it. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's just a, that's an opinion based right. on yeah. someone's and, personal belief from and, reading and, scripture. And what I'm showing, and is, is, and what I hope we're all showing, is why we believe what we believe. But I'm not going to be upset if somebody doesn't. No. But right here, and you go to 1 Corinthians 13, and then you go to 1 Corinthians 14. Both of them and 12, 13, and 14. Everybody, it's it's so funny because when they when they uh, do first Corinthians 13 at a wedding, I just want one time for them to start with verse one. Please start with verse one, because that'd be so funny. But but they don't. That's un- and I understand you don't want to say that during a wedding. But if I speak with tongues of men of a- and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy clang and the clanging symbol. And I think it's that's important. Uh, verse one in chapter 14 says pursue love yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy mm-hmm. uh, for one who speaks in yep. tongues does not speak to men but to god for no one understands but it is the spirit he speaks mysteries now here's another part of that how prophesy is a dual meaning well no no oh, okay. is it here he's speaking that man don't understand but only god does so that takes acts two model out so one of the things that I want to point out, and and or I mean, if we're satisfied with the is it for today conversation, we get into the application part. Uh, is one of the things that I really wanted to point out was that the Bible says that there's in the King James it says divers types of tongues, different types of tongues. There's different applications and there's different types. For example, Acts two, they spoke with a tongue. Everybody said, "Wait a minute." Don't those aren't those guys Galileans and yet they're speaking in my language? And here's a list of languages. Yeah. These people are speaking a language that they may not know, but they're praying in a language that other people are understanding. It goes to what you were saying a minute ago. Yeah. It goes to what you're saying a minute ago. A guy asking them to pray uh, in their native language so he could reach them. But there's a story that we heard growing up was a missionary somewhere and the well was bad, dirty water, it was, it was sulfur water, oh, whatever. And then he uh, went to get water and they're like, no, no, give him the like choke sign, you'll die kind of signal because they can't speak to him. So he just dropped the bucket anyway and was praying, just like, Lord, you know, blood, touch the water, help people, help me, Lord, what are we doing? I mean, just praying, praying, praying. And then he pulled the bucket out and the bucket was clean and he poured it out and he dropped it again and he pulled it back out the whole time praying. And he looked and there's a crowd around him and then he picked the water up and he just took a drink out of it. And, and apparently he had spent that entire few minutes praying in their language that 
up until that time they didn't know he didn't know how to speak it and then the water was good and they all got they all gave their lives to god because he was edifying god in the same time that's the story i've heard my whole life that fits with acts 2 Yes, I believe that's for I've today. never heard that story. I believe that's for today. Yeah. I believe that stuff still, like you were saying, if you're out in the middle of the jungle somewhere and you run into somebody and you don't know what they're saying and God said, hey, press on them, teach them. About, how can I teach them? I don't know. it. You have to give it to me. And then he does. And he goes, awesome. But then there's the then there's the other types. The, the, there's the message, yeah, right? The tongues and interpretation yeah. types. Okay. Even, even Paul Washer, who's, who's, uh, who's known for Reformed theology, amazing missionary. <laughs> Uh, he's Golly. gone out and done amazing <laughs> things. If you ever looked him up, look him up. Uh, What's but, Reformed theology? Uh, so explain that <laughs> in a synopsis before you just oh, throw on doctrines of grace or sometimes Mark, referred Mark to Lutheran. as Calvinism. Yeah. Calvin. Okay. Thank you. All right. So anyways, he, he's very big into that. Uh, and most, not all, but most Reformed guys are cessationists. Not all of them. You got John Piper. You got Wayne Grudem. Those guys, they, 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 they continue, believe in the continuation of spiritual gifts. Anyways. John, um, Paul Washer, he was a missionary going off into the jungles in the Amazon. They actually asked him straight up, do you believe the gifts are for today? One being tongues. Um, and I don't want to misquote him, but essentially he, he left it very open saying like, I've seen a lot of things. He's like, so I don't know if I am able to say that that stuff has stopped. Uh, because I, we, at the end of the day, I don't want I, I don't want to limit God to anything. Yeah. But I will say this, and it goes with anything. And then I kind of, I, I kind of question myself. You know, God's not going to allow you to speak in tongues, no matter who you are, unless you ask Him. Well, there's a demonic tongue too. Well, uh, <laughs> but then you're seeking the wrong person yeah, to well, get that do, too. But can but, you support that biblically, though? I mean, I'm not trying to call you out, but no. But I mean, with any God won't save you unless you ask Him. And, back to well, I mean, yeah, the Calvinist in me is twitching you, right well, now. But but you do have to you have to speak things. Yeah. God is all powerful and can do anything at any time. <laughs> Thus, He spoke the world into existence new, in in all facets. Right. I mean, I think we all believe that. Mm-hmm. So His word can do, and His His desire can be anything, and it come to fruition. But why is it that someone? You this, you know, and 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 you people get healed, you know, whether it's this way or that way. With people get healed all of a sudden, sometimes all of a sudden they, they don't have cancer anymore. We probably all know somebody that, you know, the treatment wasn't working one day, and all of a sudden it's gone. Right. You know, I mean, you hear of that stuff, and it's like, well, what was different? So oh, I think it's praying. the I so, think it's the know, bad actors that is what gives it the bad, the bad name. name. You get yeah. the people on YouTube's, you know, walking around saying, "Hey man, looks like you're walking with a limp. Hold on." And then they do some leg trick to make their leg look like they're growing. Well, why don't you go? And then the classic answer is, "Well, why don't you go to the hospital and heal, you, you know, the St. Jude's people. kids or yeah. something?" Uh that's what a lot of people would come back with that on. Yeah. Uh once again, not trying to cuz like I said, I I don't want to do the whole put God in a box thing. Mm-hmm. I believe he can operate however he wants, whenever he wants. And I believe he's also so powerful that he can do it even without like, look at Corn. I, I look at Cornelius, you know, he, I didn't see at least in scripture. He was like, okay, give me the gift of tongues. What happened? He got saved and he just started speaking it. And that was actually a sign to the Jews yeah. saying like, Oh my gosh, the, the gift is for the Gentiles too. Yeah. Well, and, and, and in 14, it says that. That tongues are for the unbeliever and prophesying yeah. is for the believers. Yes. So therefore, if you have no unbelievers, yeah, in in your presence, right. then or tongues going to be present mm-hmm. in the justifiable in the order. God is an orderly God. We would agree to that. He does things yes. in order. He has a correct order. But you know, you go down that line and you say, well, this person was. Why don't you go to the hospital? The Bible doesn't say that they didn't have crippled people in Jesus's time. There were people in the same city that he healed the cripple man. There were still crippled. There was oh, no. the, at it, the pool, it was all for at a the point. Pool, at yes. the pool, there was one man saved, one man healed. Yes. God picked up his cotton, walked away. There was a whole group of people diving in that water. So Jesus yeah. didn't go across and heal everybody anyway. So for it was all for be, a reason. There was there's a it's in in a plane and and for that you know and some of the reason would be to give us that example. To live by and to know, okay, this is Jesus, and this is the power that He talks about, you know. And I guess my my trouble with if the 
you know, kind of from an anti-cessational view. Mm-hmm. Is, continuationist. You know, a continuationist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would be, in order for those signs and wonders to cease, you would have to say the world has gotten better. And I in no way am going to stand here and say with us killing babies left and right and calling ourselves high and mighty opposed to other people that don't even do that. They have some wrong ways of doing things in the world, but we're probably the most liberal place in the world about, Hey, let's just abort this child. You, we still, God has to manifest itself in some way to prove that he's God. And I believe he does that individually, but I think some people need those signs and wonders in order to Mm -hmm. bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ. And okay. You know, there's different, there's, you know, you got Calvinism on this side that says, well, these people are going to go. Well, still, something has to happen in their life to turn them that way. Okay. Even if you believe that God knew that this person or whatever, something has to happen because otherwise he's overriding free will. Well, that's a whole other That's a whole different conversation. Well, we, we can go in forever. <laughs> <laughs> we can go in forever on that. What you got, Tim? I know your brain's clicking over there. No. So where are we at on tongues now? Where are, well, where are, I mean, we, at? are so we still on we, the we is know, it for today? No, I mean, I I'm not I'm not there because okay, so well, let, you, let me you believe it is for today, but you're not there in the conversation. <laughs> just yeah, to no, no. specify that's a good, that's a good okay. specification. Yeah. Right. So let me tell you let me tell you my one of my experiences and then we'll close down for part one of this because I like I said we're gonna probably have to do two. Um yeah, are y'all good on time? Y'all yeah. good? Okay, I don't wanna don't want to assume anything. Um, don't make a donkey out of nobody. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, right. I was in a church that believed that speaking in tongues was not a necessity. However, it was a benefit. And to what Curtis said a minute ago about if there's a church full of people that are all Christians and they're all hardcore Christians and they all believe in Christ, then why are we teaching a salvation message when everybody's Christian, right? I've wondered that. Growing up in the Baptist church, I always wondered that. If everybody in here is a Christian. Baptist church? You grew up yeah. Baptist church? Uh, yeah. We, uh, Both. Yeah. He, I spent, was, he said oh, we were back yeah. and forth. All right. And I always wondered that. Why would, why, if you know, for a great example, if, let's say there's 30 of us there, men's group, and we know for sure everybody in there is a hardcore Christian and lives for everything for Jesus. Are we wasting our time preaching a salvation message? And because they're all saved already, so why why not why not preach something that's edifying, make them better Christians? But so that that was my that was no, my. But thinking. I do see the point but, in what you're saying because so, the church ultimately wasn't an evangelizing tool. The church was to grow the evangelists yes, out. Right, sheep begot sheep. So and they used the pro- apostles and prophets to do that. You know, so they're they're the, and the pastors, teachers, they all work together and all that stuff. Um, apparently, I need to call Marvin Reed about having another episode about the five-fold ministry. Uh, <laughs> you want me in on it? No. No. Uh, uh, so <laughs> anyway, uh, he. So the the point being that Curtis made is that if everybody in the church is Christians, then should there be tongues? So then that gets into the question: Is there a different? There's different types of tongues. Just because you're hearing tongues. I don't know that that means the same thing as what Paul is saying about it for the unbeliever, for the believer. I believe that there's a difference. It goes goes back to the whole different type. (laughs) And and then ultimately, sometimes, and I do believe this, and and unfortunately I can't really find it in the Bible, but I do believe this, that sometimes God will bless us over our ignorance. Oh, yes. Not that he'll bless us over our sin, but he'll bless us over our ignorance. He did that when he effectually called me. He blessed me over my ignorance because I wasn't searching for <laughs> so, God. <laughs> what I, so there's in the in the great example that I have for that is is a crazy but great example. There was a lady that was a missionary in Thailand, and she was telling us that they believed because they were taught at the beginning when they first became converted converted into Christianity that they were they were taught that in order to for a demon to leave your body. It had to leave your body through vomit, with vomit. You had to throw up the demon. And and so she gets there, and everybody's, there's trash cans everywhere, and there's people throwing up everywhere. And and people are, but, but people are being delivered. And she was like, well, you know, guys, you 
don't really have to do that. You know, like, and then she was teaching it and she's like, Hey, you guys, and she noticed over like the three days that she'd been teaching it, that nobody was getting delivered. And, and she goes, and then she handed the lady a trash can and she's like, okay. And she threw up and then she was delivered. And, and I know that's a very grotesque way of explaining it, but I can't come up with another example. I've been thinking about it, but God will bless us over our ignorance. And sometimes Sometimes I think that there's a difference between us speaking in tongues in a corporate setting and us and us praying in tongues in a corporate setting. Like you were talking a minute ago about everybody in church was praying in tongues. And if you've ever been in that scenario, it's awesome. I love it. But it, it's weird if you've never been in that scenario. That if you've but been, where can you find in the Bible to support that? Acts 2. And it wasn't where everybody. Everybody in this, you walk into a church and everybody so is praying in tongues. So where can you find in the Bible the support having podcasts? <laughs> Nowhere, but yeah, I can find in the Bible in First Corinthians fourteen where it where it supports not doing that. You're peeking. Okay. Back it up a little bit. All right, but anyways, I can find in the Bible where it supports not for everybody to speak in tongues in a church, and that's fine. But I can also say that that. We get back to what we said earlier. Just because it's not in there doesn't mean it's not for today. Yes, good. How and just it because it's in there doesn't mean it's for everybody, right? Because there's different people, different different gifts, different people. But we're talking First Corinthians 12, where it's a, it later goes on to say different parts of the body, different people do different things. So not everybody's going to lay hands on somebody and heal them. Although I believe everybody can get to that point where they're that that's their gifting that God can use in them. I do believe that. But I believe that... Paul just referred to him as a lesser of gifts. And it's kind of weird to say yeah, that because it's still it's still a gift of the spirit. It's still God showing up and doing that. What were you about to say? You're about to say something. I didn't want to take it. Um Yeah, it's gone now. I'm <laughs> sorry. Well, you know, at the end of 14 though, it says, Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, but do not forbid to speak in tongues. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I mean, and it does, it goes through in tongues is there's a there's a point in scripture right you know right before that some you know I'd have to go back and look exactly where it's at but it categorizes the spiritual gifts and tongues yeah. is the last thing yeah but and it's going it we goes, argue about it, the most it goes it goes back to what we were taught though we weren't taught to seek to prophesy right we were taught to speak taught to seek tongues mm. well not me they taught but you saying. see what I'm saying yeah. they drill you to to search for this one spiritual gift and honestly I'd rather have the gift of healing. Than the gift of tongues, oh, yeah. or the gift to prophesy, you know, because you it'd be something you'd share. That's something that you can on. use as a you evangelistic tool to here you, in America. You yeah. know, if you need something, it wasn't it wouldn't be just, you know, unless you were speaking tongues instead of praying tongues, which right. we may get to. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you that's know, nice. if you if you're speaking in tongues and you have somebody interpret, you know, then that's a that's God incorporating two people into that work. And then, therefore, the whole church gets the message, or the whole group gets the message. And that's I think that's what he was that's summarizing yeah, there. That's yeah. a different, and that, and that's when he says, you know, you can't have more than so many. Yeah, because God said no more than two or three, and each in his own turn. And, and like we were kind of saying with that, that that silence, that blanket, kind of almost the spiritual blanket, that heaviness that gets on you before you know this right. goes on. That's kind of the same thing that happens if you've ever been in the right. the body of of group when somebody speaks in tongues and then there's an interpretation dude you can hear a pin drop the lights don't even make dude, noise miraculously it's, it's like <laughs> wow uh where's the, where's the speaker bugs buzz you know where's the light noise yeah where, where right. is all this all of a sudden it's just like perfect silence babies will stop crying. and then you've boom. described that to and me this, before and i mean too. unless yeah. you're there you you can't you don't understand you don't you, you know you wouldn't know if you've never been in that situation but it's but you can tell because this person will say something and it won't match. Right. And then the interpretation will come. That's and discernment tells you, you. You know the, this is the right message, not this guy. But then they'll be like, this. oh, he said something, so I'm going to say something. So I'm going to say something. And you'll have a group, just two or three different people. You know? Okay. So well, what, we're getting the timeout signal. Yeah, we'll yeah. Make your point and we'll pray and we'll end it. I, and I, I mentioned it before, but I think what a lot of it does, and especially coming from my side of the house, uh, not growing up in it, it's the abusers yes, that give is. it the bad name for right. someone like me. When, when you know the, you got the Sid Roths who's who's going on TV trying to tell you, show you, you know, hey, all you, all you got to do is just move your mouth, start moving it, kickstart it, come on, let's go, you know, those kind of things, yes, and it just dude. gives it that bad name. When to me, when I read it, 
if I was reading it from, from your point of view, it should be something that comes from the Holy Spirit into your spirit and then out. It should be like almost natural. Like I, I exhausted myself praying. I did not mutter. I did not do anything with my mouth to speak in tongues at any point in my life. You didn't life. do the old Holy Spirit mm. kickstart. No, so I mean, I, I cringe. I cringe when somebody says just mumble. Mm-hmm. I really I do taught, because I was not taught that way. I was told And by, I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. That's yeah. just that's The UPC opposite. website actually specifically Ooh, says yeah. that. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're, yeah. Well, I was I was taught to just open up my mouth and start thanking God and then it'll turn into it. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what I did. A dude got down in my ear and I was praying and he said, "Hey man, he said, "Listen, just start just open your mouth and and start praising God." And if it takes if it takes over, it takes over. If it don't, just keep praising him. You know, and that's exactly what I did. And I, my faith got strong, and I did it. And I, I stood up uh, May twenty fifth, two thousand seven. I stood up having the infilling of the spirit that way. And uh, so obviously we're gonna have to make this too. You got a closing thing? It looks like you're trying to say something. We're not letting you. Um, where did we end? <laughs> where well, did we end on? Is it for today? I believe it is for today. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I do too, and I and but I also believe that people um, misuse it. Yes, I think that people abuse it. I, I people do fake it. think that, and at the same time, and I'm don't think everybody does. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I can't keep my guard up because if I if I um, if I let one bad experience with one bad person ruin my whole experience with Jesus, I mean, what am I right. doing? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't keep my guard up against everybody. As as a as a pastor of our church, you have people that'll come in and they'll dump all this stuff on you. They'll feel better and then they'll leave your church and go somewhere else that they don't have garbage with or baggage with. Yeah. And if I keep that resentment towards everybody that everybody's out Which here. Which is why I'm and fond I never of a church let, membership program. I'll just I never that in let there. nobody <laughs> get closer to me, but I can't do that. I mm-hmm. have to continue to show the love of Christ. Well, well that's one of the characteristics of a pastor is to literally love strangers. That's, that's uh that first Timothy chapter three actually specifically mm-hmm. mentions that to but love you, strangers. You can't, we need you to pray over you the spirit of Teflon then. <laughs> you can't keep the, everybody at a distance and not everybody abuses it. Not right. everybody is wrong and not everybody well, is I was just um, backwards or what have you. But it goes back to like we mentioned ignorance. Sometimes even in ignorance, God will use it. Right. Even when somebody's messing around and not doing things exactly right, you know, even in, you know, Paul's case with the Corinthians, it doesn't mean that people weren't seeing the miracles happen. They just, they were, they were walking a fine line. They needed to watch what they were doing or they were doing it wrong. You know, God, God will still reward us. Even if we're not a hundred percent, you know, we're not living, we're, we're living under grace. We're not living under the old Testament where there was nothing we could do to attribute to, you know, whatever, you know, to get to that point, you know, we, we have, we have Jesus and we have grace through the cross that he brought to us. Therefore, I believe God, you know, because I know in my life, he's done things, even though I didn't, I was going, you know, if I'm going, if I'm halfway going down the right direction, but man, God, you still bless me. And I see how, how off I really was, Mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes some of that stuff, if they keep messing around long enough, they're going to find God and they're going to be convicted and they're going to repent. And then they may actually develop that gift. But at the same time, you have to realize, you know, we all realize that the enemy is real. And, and sometimes the best way to know if somebody was, was truthfully doing something is to see them fall. Yeah. Because there's been, there's been revivalists that have been caught in an adulterous relationship oh, yes. during a revival because they're seeking so hard after God, they get that revival going, and then they let their guard down. Oh, they Satan feel truly attacks they, you, they, I they truly really, believe. The, the deeper you get, the closer you yes. get, the harder you get attacked. So sometimes instead of dismissing all this stuff, there's you got the stuff that come out of uh, Rabbi Zacharias. Now people yeah. want to dismiss everything he did. That's almost to prove that he was telling the truth. 
And there's a lot of truth in what he said, because in my experience, the harder you seek, the harder the devil's going to oh, pursue. Yeah. Oh, 100% and, and believe then that. You don't be, keep that guard up 100%. You're yeah. going to fall. So some of this stuff well, look gets at the Apostle out. Paul. Yeah. He had a thorn in the, the flesh. flesh. He prayed for three so, times, and I, God's like, my grace is sufficient. I know we're trying to stop. Yeah, so and let me, me and Jonathan have been this. here before. So, so let, me, let me hop in here to say this, and we'll close it with this. We and still I'll got get, part two to do. Yeah, and I got Pastor Tim to close us out in prayer. The faster you're running... The easier it is to knock you over. Mm -hmm. If you have a large man running down the football field with a ball in his hand, (laughs) and if if he's running, it's easier to knock him over because he's off center of gravity. If the man's standing flat-footed, it's really hard to knock him over. And so that is one of the prices we pay when we're in a solid, hard sprint toward Christ is that we're easier to knock over, and it's easier to to get in our way and, and make things rough. But anyway... This will, there's more. I have notes for another episode and I'm really excited. Uh, so please tune in next time. We're going to get back together next week in five minutes and <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> and, and uh, record the second part. So Pastor Tim, would you pray us out? Okay. Father, thank you so much for this life that you have given us to live. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the, these brothers um, right here at this table on this podcast, dear Lord, that we can grow from each other, dear Lord. I pray that as people are listening to this, dear Lord, their ears are open, their mind is open, and their heart is open, dear Lord, not to us, but to you, Father. And I pray that this causes a hunger down deep inside of them in the name of Jesus, dear Lord, that they'll seek after you with everything that they have, Father, and they'll run towards you, dear Lord. So we as a church not just here in DeRitter, Louisiana, but here nationwide, dear Lord, worldwide, Father, can be in one mind and one accord, Father, chasing towards you and what you have in mind, dear Lord. And Psalms 24, 5, dear Lord, it says, show me the right paths, dear Lord. Show us the paths that you want us to go down. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening.